0: Yale Central, I mean, what's going on? Uh, not a lot for the Guardians, but there's <laughs> a lot going on in the Central in general. We're going to get into all of it on the show today. I'm mean, right before I'm going on, the ridiculous Twins Yankees trade happened. I got to talk about it. Got to talk about what's shaping up in this division. All of that and more in a <laughs> You are locked on Guardians podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. This is our last week of three days a week. We'll be back to the full five starting next week. Remember to rate and review on iTunes. I always say thank you to everyone who does. So that's a chance to get a shout out on the show. And uh, and for those who don't know me, doing things in a different order today. I am Jeff Ellis. Formerly, I was the lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout in 24-7. Before that, I wrote at Indians Baseball Insider. Before that, Indians Prospect Insider. I've been on places like the Cleveland Fan, waiting for next year. Did the Indians win last night? Um... And more. Uh, so let's just get into it. I was all to start to talk about the Indians remaking the uh, backup catcher position. And <laughs> instead, I pop on and... Whew, okay, so... I know a lot of people had some feelings about Mitch Garver for... Uh, i going to butcher Isaiah uh, Kinnear... Uh, Philell, for the shortstop for the Rangers. And... You know, they went out and uh, traded Mitch Garver for him because they had Ryan Jeffers, and they felt good about that. And, I mean, Jeffers is a former first-round pick. I understood that. Garver is in his 30s, and he's had some health issues. He's not a great defender. I also understood why the Twins or the uh, Rangers were willing to do that deal. They gave a lot of money to infielders, right? Seager and Simeon, they didn't have a spot for him. Uh, You know, Isaiah is, you know, I'm going to go against the rule calling someone by a first name because I don't want to butcher his last name, and I don't have it in front of me, the pronunciation key, because I wasn't planning to talk about this. He's a strong defender whose offensive stuff has been tracking up. Multiple years of control. Uh, I said this in our chat. Here's my hot take of the night. Hot take. I don't have a graphic. I'm not good with these things, so I'm doing hot take hands, which, whatever. Uh, I'd rather have him than Trevor Story. Uh, Yep, there's my hot take. Trevor Story, if you listen to this podcast, you know. Declining production, declining defense, bad splits, going to cost a lot of money. I'd rather have the guy who's trending upwards cheap than the guy trending downwards expensive. That's what it gets down to. So, I mean, Garver is a good catcher when he's healthy and able to play. Not a great defender, but offensive production through the roof. Uh, You know, we talked about how hard it is to get a catcher. So you understood that. Then turn around and flip him to the Yankees along with Josh Donaldson, and completely save the $50 million owed over the next two years to Donaldson, yes. All things considered, Donaldson is probably still a better player than Giovanni Urshela, but it's not a huge gap. Uh, and, again, price is huge there. Uh, Gary Sanchez did not have a, you know, he's not a great defender either, right? Let's, let's just be honest there. Uh, if we were to go look at data on him, he's, he's rough. But if he's going to the Twins, maybe he's just going to be an everyday DH for them. They want Ryan Jeffers to play. So I assume that Sanchez, I don't know how he's going to feel about that. Uh, maybe they feel like he's someone they can flip. I, I don't know. But, you know, when you get into it, like I said, you just look at the Yankees right now. You've got LeMahieu at first. Stanton is their DH. Judge in right. Left is Gallo. Center field is Hicks. Second base is Torres. Third base, Donaldson. shortstop. Isaiah Kinner, Phila I'm gonna butcher it, butcher it, and Kyle, and Kyle H at catcher. Now he's a defensive first guy, kind of like how the the Indians have gone. Like the the Yankees are in a similar catcher situation, and it's not like they have, you know, a prospect who's going to fill that gap. So I'll be curious to see, um, if they go with Kyle Higasaka, Higasakwa, you're gonna to have to help me out. Uh, one of I mean, Ben Rotaverd Is the backup there? Didn't he come from Minnesota? (laughs) Now I'm like, interesting. That's the backup catcher. I'm not sure where the deal was that brought him in. But it means Luke Voigt doesn't have a home, right? Like, let's pay attention to that. Luke Voigt now officially has nowhere to play thanks to this trade. But if you go over to the, which is part of the reason we talked about on the show today, we're going to dive into this trade because it opens him up even more to be the Guardians first baseman. Uh, You know, we already thought it was a crazy day when the Twins got Sonny Gray. They got a good pitcher for Chase Petty, who had been like a, what, a late first rounder. Uh, you know, I had some concerns. He's a, I think he's a reliever because he's a two-pitch guy. Um, and, and there's a lot high injury risk with him. He didn't pitch much five innings after being drafted. Uh, let's see, he was taken 26th overall by the Twins. So he was their first round pick. But to get Sonny Gray and a prospect... <laughs> That's right. It wasn't just for Chase Petty. They also had to trade Francisco Piguero, who was, uh, I don't even know. Why did I put a pronunciation? i, I don't, not like I know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I mean, he's a, not necessarily a top 10 guy for the Reds, but he was close. He's at least interesting. He's someone who would have been, had to be added to the Rule 5 in a year, so maybe that's why they were willing. But again, they had to give up a prospect to get a prospect while trading Sonny Gray who has two years of team control at a very reasonable rate. I, I The pitcher market, I mean, the greatest player in the University of Akron history, uh, Chris Bassett, I was shocked by that trade. I mean, Adam Muller is probably going to pitch well for Oakland this year. And GT again, is a really interesting guy who a lot of people rated highly. And I mean, he was dominant before he got hurt in the SEC. Uh, but man, I, I know I'm going down the rabbit holes here, but Oakland has gone out and traded for Grant Holmes uh Jesus luzardo JT Ginn, they had Dalton Jeffries in there. They keep adding these undersized arms, and like I'm a big proponent of undersized arms. I don't necessarily love the undersized flamethrower. Uh and in Oakland's case they have had zero success with any of these arms, but they keep going back to the well. Uh definition of insanity there. But to get back to it, it's like the twins went and got Sonny Gray. I talked about not trusting their pitching staff. Well, you know, it's certainly a lot different when you got Gray, Bundy, Ober Joe Ryan is your top four. At least, you know, that's that's interesting. Uh, I don't know where they're going to go from here. They're, it's interesting, like I said. the So if we assume Sanchez moves to DH, Urshila at third, Kirilov moves to left, Kepler and right, center field Buxton, second base Arez, Polanco stays at short, and Miguel Sano at first. And this also sets them up to trade, right? Like, if they can maybe find a team, I don't know who's going to trade... It's like Trevor Larnock or Alex Kirillov, One of them becomes trade bait, in my opinion. Uh, maybe Gary Sanchez becomes trade bait, you know? I think that at his, he's price is going up and the production hasn't been there, uh, offensively or defensively. Uh, Gary Sanchez is more named than anything else. I mean, last year, so let's go through it. Like last year, is worth 1.5 war. The year before that, negative war, 2.3, 1.7. You know, when he debuted at age 23 and 24, he was good, Um he has not been like offensively. He's been below average the last two year last two years. Like he has more name than actual value at this point in time. May so is it? I just have a hard time seeing Ryan Jeffers not play for them after they kind of went out of their way to open up space for him. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be very curious to see what happens. And the bigger question is now: Do the Twins have money to play with? What are they going to go do? Are they going to go for Correa? Are they going to go for Freeman? Or are they just going to sit on their hands? Uh, I am fascinated, but it is a weird trade. The Twins hyperactive right now in the early uh, hours of the uh, the CBA, in the grand scheme of things. But adding Sunny Gray again, I can't. They acquired Sunny Gray. They traded a guy who wasn't one of their top five prospects. Like I like Chase Putty, but he's a high school kid who's very far away. Uh, who I think I you know I'd have to go look at my board. I think I had him in the thirties. So they traded the equivalent of their first round pick who hasn't really had any developmental time and got a really solid pitcher uh, and a prospect. I they're just mind blown. Uh, Then they go into this deal and manage to drop 50 million off the books. Take in, uh, you know, you can never have enough catchers. Like if they want to flip Sanchez tomorrow, they'll find a home. Fan graphs liked his defensive data. You know, I can't go over and look at, um, baseball savant because it's a, a different set of data for catchers uh, he's had his issues of points behind the plate but like his his some places his defensive value is okay they could absolutely flip him and, and still start jeffers they could flip sanchez and flip well they would want to keep larnock or Kirillov if they if they flip uh jeffers but or if they flipped sanchez but they're in a position to keep going keep trading to find a way to continue to maybe especially pitching is going cheaply Like it's been for there being almost no market for no free agent pitchers left on the market. It's been two surprisingly cheap deals for me. And then to save $50 million, like was Josh Donaldson really that good a year ago? (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Like, I'm just kind of gobsmacked. It's like, or was Giovanni or Shilla not that good a year ago? Like what is wrong? And like, where I'm like, are these guys hugely different when you consider just the general cost? I mean, Donaldson was a, Let's see, last year an 827 uh OPS. He had twenty six home runs. He's age thirty-five. Or he was age thirty-five last year, as he turned thirty he's turned thirty six in December. Uh that's like I know they got the shortstop, but it I I am just confused. Can you tell? Uh it just doesn't it logically does not compute for me. I just I see the parts and the pieces in this deal. Um i talked about it yeah they got a they decided not to go all in oh my co-host is here he has things to say nacho what do you think what do you think of this deal i think that silence says it all right like he he, he's confused by it too uh did urshila implode like did i miss that like (laughs) like what what made this deal go uh i mean sanchez is still a better catcher than anything the guardians have there's value in that uh, so Urshela was a 96 runs created plus he was worth one win and then 1.6, uh, but he's worth and 1.6 more in the shortened season is actually pretty good. So he had a down year, uh, 267, th- 96 runs created plus, by the way, Indians, that's guardians. I should say that's pretty good. So for the Yankees, they get a upgraded third base. They get a shortstop they take on a lot of money. Uh, they get an upgrade at third base that may or may may or may not be a real upgrade, uh who is significantly older. And uh they don't have a whole lot of options at catcher unless they're gonna go full time with their defensive one, which Matt Blake is the pitching coach. Maybe he's got more power than we uh we think. That is a very guardians like approach. We're gonna take break number one. We're already at twelve minutes in, come back, and actually talk about the guardians. Again, this deal really sets it up very well for all the things I talked about with Luke Voigt. Now, it means that that Ahmad Rosario to the Yankees uh, deal idea I had a while ago, that is off the table, but it does also mean that there are less shortstops available, Though the free agent market is still very strong, but Luke Voigt is a lot, he is definitely out there, and he should not cost a lot, and uh, you know what, before I record the commercial break, I'll go do some research and see what the Yankees 40 man is shaping up like. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. For all the latest odds, contests, and player prop bets, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts as promised yeah the Yankees have like Tim LoCastro is currently on their 40 man uh you know he's from Auburn High School in Auburn he went to Ithaca College in New York he is a New York guy uh, he is also the one of 500 plate appearances a 231 batting average 333 on base 329 slugging yeah that's pretty ugly so there, there's some spots so maybe the yankee system it's not necessarily a bad system anymore it's it's doing better let me put it that way like i kind of there's a few players i really like in their system i'm trying to think of the lefty from st mary's uh who's apparently not even in their top 10 because i would remember the name if i could see it you know and the top guys are known uh but they could probably use some more depth in that minors so maybe there's you know they maybe they could use bradley Zimmer. just saying their current outfielder is tim LoCastro castro uh in terms of who is on their roster they could maybe use someone who, if Aaron Hicks isn't healthy, can handle center. I'm not saying you trade Bradley Zimmer for uh, Luke Voigt, but that might get you 40, 50% of the way there. Should we go look at the trade value site? Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to put us that close, but let's go check. I'll pause. So here's the thing. The trade value site is uh, even worse than normal in terms of it's about. It has Mercado being worth more than Zimmer, and I can tell you from talking to people in simmers in Simmers, in circles, that is absolutely... Not the case. Um, I think the change in those values is because Zimmer will not cost more than league minimum uh, just due to service time. Void is at a 3.1. Uh, the other interesting thing, like just as it's going down that uh, like Aaron Bracho has a higher value than uh, at a 1.2 than a lot of players on this list for the guardian. So it's, it's very like his is higher than Joey Cantillo and that's just not the case at all. So in terms of overall, I still think Zimmer gets you a good chunk of the way there. And then maybe it's a, a throw-in type. Maybe it's, you know, Henches, right? Clear two spots. Yankees take two. Well, it only clears one spot, but still it clears you one spot. And then, uh, you know, the Yankees get an interesting lefty. And, uh yeah, just an idea. Back of your head. Keep that there. I'm going to keep working on the Luke Voigt trade ideas because it makes too much sense, specifically right now. Uh, with the Indians just not having much there and him not being a costly piece to get, who, like, yes, it was the strike, or not the strike, the COVID-shortened season, but, uh... <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by something popping up. Uh, it was the COVID-shortened season, but, I mean, he led the American League in home runs. That's, that's you know, he, he's a solid hitter. He's an above-average hitter, and he's definitely better than, what, cleveland currently has uh now let's get into what the guardians actually did so uh, before the lockout uh you know i was sitting there talking about uh inel, inel uh de los santos right the reliever and sandy leon those were the two big additions uh the indians minorly catching to put it nicely is crap there is very little there uh, Naylor there is more questions than ever if he's going to stale at that position. Uh, a lot of people are advocating that he moves back to third base, maybe he's a way to help resuscitate some of his prospect value that catcher maybe was overwhelming last year. There's La vestida, there is Naylor, and um you know honestly, Andres Melendez who passed away I mean there's many reasons why that's a an awful story the least of which is that he was the Indians number three catching prospect honestly and this is an organization that invests in catchers Lucas Simeon got a lot of money as a high school kid Alex LaVestita got seven figures out of St. Ignatius right uh, I was trying to think who else you know you've got the Josh Rowlitz and the Michael Tinsley's and the Gavin Collinses. I mean they draft a catcher every year and uh, Logan Ice and they got nothing to really show for it it's you know, they let a few guys go. They're still trying to figure out um, just depth in the system at the position. It's it's kind of a disaster. Uh, I was talking about, like, uh, Justin Lott, our good friend over at Indians Baseball Insider, tweeted out that uh, when they made their trade today, finalized their formally announced trade, we'll get into that in segment three for Drew Fry. Not Drew Fry. I keep wanting to say Drew Fry. It's not Drew Fry. It's uh, uh, David Fry. Yeah, David Fry. I don't know why I want to say Drew Fry uh but for david fry that he's the number three catching prospect in the system and it's like my response was like justin's right but i don't think he means as a compliment that's just where the system is uh not say that fry is not an interesting player you'll get a full segment for a reason he is interesting but there just isn't much there and then when people are talking about well you know um blanking on like the the guy like i think it was like uh robert lopez who's i think not even stateside yet um as they and that's the thing you you know me i'm i'm not spending my time on guys until they at least get to arizona um or i can have seen them it, there's just such a high flame-out rate that i need to get some levels of filtering and i respect those who who go super deep who go even deeper than i um you know i i know of the players it's not like i don't know you know it's like i it's more like i know a last name i know some basic info but uh the flame outrage is just so high. I don't. I, I don't view the investment in time is worth the overall payout. So catching is ugly, um, but we do have our first uh, first major league edition. Luke uh, Maley was signed for league minimum. Now I'll be curious to see what the corresponding roster move is when this officially gets announced. Yeah. It has not officially gotten announced. I didn't get the email. I got the email about David Fry. Uh, I did not get the email about Luke Meily he is going to be their backup catcher. So Sandy Leone got that non-roster invitee. He's, he's going to spend his time in Columbus. He'll be there in emergencies if needed, but he is not making this roster because now they have two players on Major League contracts. Uh, Luke Maley is a Kentucky kid, went to Kentucky high school, went to the University of Kentucky. And you look at his like history, Tampa, Toronto, Milwaukee, Like definitely a type likes him. Uh, the most... The biggest look he ever got was in 2018 when he was in 68 games and had 231 plate appearances for the Blue Jays, and he had 700 OPS that year. Uh, last year, he had an 816 OPS. Now it was in 34 plate appearances. Like he's had 691 over his career. He's a strong defender. Um, offensively, he's got a career OPS of 568, and you know, that's lower than hedges. He is not as good as Hedges is, but he has, over his career, been uh, even worse offensively. We know this is what this team does. This is what this team is focused on, is defensive first catchers. And they got another one here. Uh, and then they got Leon for his veteran leadership and emergency. And he'll be in AAA. And you have David Fry in AAA, likely. And um, the question is, does he... I'll be curious to see how they handle the actual catching duties, right? Because is Lavistita just starting Double A and play every day there? Does Naylor maybe play some third? Uh, how are they gonna juggle all these players? They're gonna have to figure something out. Uh, Molly is or Molly Melee, not Melee Mele, is uh, he's a solid backup type. He's you know why am I I'm blanking on the guy we had a few years ago uh, who was on the 40 man and they released him. He was with the team. Well, he ended up in the Reds. You know, this is the problem. That's your third catcher. There are those guys who are just solid third catchers. That's melee like they're, I don't even know if you feel, I mean, let's be honest for his career, you know, when he was with Toronto, he was the primary backup appearing in 42, 46, 68, and 44 games. Didn't play 2020. 20. Now that could have been a lot of reasons. You never know. Cause 2020 being the COVID year. And then last year with Milwaukee, it was 15 games he was out there and available he's essentially a third catcher and he's going to be the guardian's second catcher uh and we'll have to see how they open the 40-man spot for him do they you know i talked about it. they could start playing 60-man roster shenanigans that that could happen you can move guys to the 60-day dl now the camp is open but the only player that really fits is carlos vargas and when they start his clock i mean i don't know I, it seemed very unlikely. There were points that could have done last year. So then, who gets the cut? Who is... Do they let, like, a Mercado go? Do they let... You know, Logan Allen is just sitting there. The Logan Allen, the elder. He makes the most sense to probably... Of anyone on that roster to, to let go at this point in time. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. When you're looking at Allen, hench's uh, Mercado, and Zimmer, there are some players that if you have to say goodbye, you say goodbye. And I don't think it affects you too much. But... My co-host has opinions. He's coming in hot. Uh, But, yeah, you're (laughs) – this is not the upgrade. (laughs) It is not an upgrade, and this is not what any of us wanted to see a catcher, which has essentially been – there's pitchers that hit better than the catching position has hit for the Guardians the past few years. It's – remember when, like, we had Carlos Santana, and he, like, willingly moved off to, like, try third base and outfield? Remember all the effort he put in? because we had Jan Gomes, who also looked really good at catcher, and then Roberto Perez came up and looked... And Man, we had a nice little window, and now it's back to like this is how the league typically is, with catching just being this absolute black hole, and the Guardians not developing the position particularly well, if we're being honest. Again, they invest in it every year and have nothing to show for it. This is a position that is totally from outside trades that they have filled, or free agents, and... Yeah, it's uh, not an ideal situation. Uh, And if you thought we were done talking about catchers, you are absolutely wrong. We're going to take our last commercial break, come back and talk about newest official Indians edition, David Fry. Before we talk about Fry, let's talk about Bilt Bar. And I wouldn't be surprised someday to see a Fry-flavored Bilt Bar. Let's put it that way. Let's tie it into the deal. Let's tie it into what we were talking about on the show. Uh, Right now, Shamrock is the newest deal. That is a white chocolate Shamrock shake uh with crumble on top i was a big fan of the churro puff when i tried it banana cream pie puff i ate a whole box of those not at once i spread it out you could because it's so good for you uh this is a product that's an a in my health food app like the banana cream pie one it's marshmallow inside you're thinking how can it be good for you 140 calories 17 grams of protein only seven sugars that's that's something that's healthy for you. There are so many things. There's always, every week, they got something new going on, something fun. Like I said, the shamrock dropped. I didn't even know. Uh, if I hadn't just put in an order, I, I would be doing that. I, I've been eating my eggnog, uh, Crave, and oh the white chocolate, the, basically the Oreo. When you go to BuiltBar.com, remember to use the permacode LOCK15. It's what I use on all of my orders. You also build up your Built Bucks to save even more. Remember, that is com. Your promo code is LOCKED15. Okay, so David Fry is an interesting player. (laughs) You know, he's one of those, I have to laugh. You listen to Last Friday's show, by the way, quick note, I had it wrong. Um, The way it was phrased was weird in the article I was reading. So the Guardians could have a top six pick two years in a row. The third year, they cannot pick in the top ten. That's how the new system works. I read some more today. So... It's not just you can't pick in the top six. It's after two years, you're not even in the top ten anymore. So keep that in mind. But for a team like the Dodgers, it would be one year in, one year out. So I had it wrong. I thought it was that. But uh, a person who would not have got those opportunities and chances, maybe, is David Fry. Because he was a senior sign back way back in uh, 2018 out of Northwestern State University of Louisiana. Northwestern State, Louisiana. It just seems weird to have Northwest in Louisiana uh, from uh, Nachitos, L.A. He was a, a senior sign. He's from Cooleyville, Texas, which if you're I mean, that's a place that is always producing uh, high school talent like that. That is a known program. Uh, that, that's a strong high school, by the way. Uh, Northwestern State, for all of my teasing, Brian Lawrence, the solid Padres pitchers for year for years, uh, graduated from there. Uh, Nick Heath, who's played in the big leagues, was another uh, player from there, and a uh, recent high pick of the Twins, Mason uh, Melitakis was also from there, so they've had some guys, Logan Hoffman uh, was also a pretty recent one, so as much as it's, and Adam Oller, there we go, we just talked about him in the, um, the trade, the Mets like this university, by the way, they drafted Nate Jones from there in 2019, uh Brandon Rishi in 2007 I don't have time to be doing this but we're gonna do it Levi David and 2021 I mean the Mets 2010 Chad Shepard it's all Mets all the time here Adam Oler was not drafted by the Mets he ended up there but he was part of the Chris Bassett deal so yeah tying it all in you know infinity signs snake eating its own tail all that fun stuff um but you know enough enough about that. So yeah, as much as I was like, it's an interestingly named school. It's it's a productive one. Good on them. Uh, he was a, a extremely productive player out there. You know, it hit three forty and three twenty seven, four thirty, four forty four OPS, five ninety one slugging, six zero four slugging. Uh, he played this past year catcher, first, third, second, and I believe outfield spots. I mean, he played all over the diamond. And let's see, I, I mean, I could just look at. I have it in front of me here. So this. Uh, across twenty twenty one we have first, third, catcher, left, and right, and DH. So first and second. So first, second, third, everywhere but shortstop. Did not play so no shortstop, no center field. Played everywhere else. Uh this might have been a gimmick game. It looks like in twenty nineteen he played everywhere on the diamond once. So I think that was a gimmick game. I think that's the one time he's played shortstop and center field. Um but it doesn't change the fact that that's what he can do. He's a super utility type. And the reason this trade gets completed now is there was probably some minor concern that he could be taken on the Rule 5 draft. Because uh, he is the return for treating J.C. Mejia. Mejia passed through waivers, and a waiver trade was worked out instead of him just going on to be claimed. The, and, you know, Mejia showed some things at points a few uh, at last year, so I get that. And the Brewers are very good at development, maybe even better than the Guardians. If you want to make that case, I am... You know, I'm here for that. Uh, You know, there's top. There's Tampa, there's Cleveland, there's Milwaukee. That's the top for me. But uh, so they wanted me here. Fry was who the Guardians wanted. And for a team that needs catching depth, I mean, he's performed well. Last year, split across a double and triple A, mostly double A, Biloxi, 255, 348, 449. Had 12 home runs, 19 doubles, 3 triples. And again, he plays. You know, he mostly plays catcher first and third. And that's why those are his primary list places on um, baseball reference. But you're getting a potential super utility type who can also handle the catcher position, who's hit decently well in the minors. I mean, his, his minor league OPS is 820, 269, 351, 469. This is the type of guy you want to gamble on. He has hit home run, double digit home runs every level, every step of the way. How about back in 2019 when he was in Wisconsin and he had, uh, that's the A affiliate, and 568 uh, at-bats, 41 doubles, 17 home runs. It's a lot of extra base hits. He walks, had 50 walks that year. So there's there's a lot of things to like. Like this is, I get why they wanted him. He's an interesting sleeper. Now you don't have to worry that he gets plucked in the Rule 5, so you can just have him come in and see what he can do for a year. And then you're going to have to sit back and make a decision unless you know he forces their hand before that we discussed how bad the catching situation is right maybe they he can force his way in uh we'll see he's also 26 years of age he has always been old for the level he has played at often you know that Milwaukee year he is almost two years older than the average age so there is that you have to add in. That's why you're maybe not as high on him as the statistical production would point out. I'd be curious to see like if Zips likes him or not. Um, but you're getting a player who... I mean, there's a chance. There's a small chance he could turn into a starter because the catching position is what it is. There is a slightly bigger chance he could be a utility type who can handle catcher, but also give you flexibility in what he can do. Now, the one thing is... Well, you know, you can move guys around. It's There's always the concern. You want to always almost like have that catcher there just in case you need him. But he gives you, you could end up, I mean, isn't that the Guardian's dream? Uh, that Fry comes up and he's a third catcher and also can play all those other positions. Like that's, I think, in the back of their mind what they really like here. But it's a solid acquisition for a player who's they were taking off the 40 man. Uh, they got an interesting bat who has some potential with the big leagues. And uh, we'll have to see what he can do. I have been Jeff Fellas. This has been Locked on Guardians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe over on the YouTube uh, so you can see my guest host as he pops in from time to time with his strong takes on the show. And uh, as always, I want to thank all of you who are doing your parts, helping out and interacting. Hit me up on the Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. When I get enough questions, we do a mailbag, so there is that as well. Again, thank you all for listening uh, to the Lockdown Guardians team. And as we end our episodes now, go, go, Guardians, go.